Happy Friday, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, we are joined this morning by Ivy Riggs, one of our legislative and political organizing specialists here at OEA. Good morning, Ivy. Good morning. Um, so a lot is happening. Uh, a lot went on this week. Not all great. You know, in, in that, I, there was that little pause <laughs> when I said issues, public ed issues in Oklahoma. We've had some issues. The reality is we have issues oh. in Oklahoma. So let's talk about House Bill 2078. What did that do and why... Do I feel so angry inside? <laughs> so it it truly changed the way every school is funded in Oklahoma. It uh, right now we have a they call it a three year look back. Really, it's a almost a two year look back. Right this now, year and the two previous. Right, currently you can use your current nine weeks or either of the two previous years to to be funded on. So if you're a declining district, if your population is declining, it just gives you time to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not stealing. It's not, uh, these are not ghost students. They're real live kids and uh, real live uh, jobs that, that this will affect. That's, that's probably our, our biggest concern. We're going to end up with a growing class size. We're going to end up with schools that uh, panic and, and lay people off. We're already mm-hmm. hearing about this. Yep. Yeah. And, and in a year coming off of a pandemic, it's just the absolute worst time. And probably the, the most frustrating part to me is we participated in a two-year study of the funding formula where we had a third party come in and really dig deep into our funding formula. It was found to be equitable. It was found to be underfunded. The, the, the yes. needs that our funding formula uh, were, the, the, the needs that were found were, were more money into the formula to compete with those, with our surrounding states. Right. And, and also, you know, a change in our, our socioeconomic population and maybe our English language learning uh, population and, mm-hmm. and, and some of those things, tweaks to this formula. Not one time in the, in the two-year study did they talk about, hey, let's, uh, <laughs> let's mess with how the money is even calculated. So I, I want to I bring up, I want to circle back to um, the the per pupil funding, because one of the sort of misnomers is this isn't going to somehow magically improve funding, but this is the exact same amount of funding. Sure. It's just cut up differently. Sure. The pie, the pie is not growing. The yeah. pie is not bigger. Yeah. It's just going to, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're rearranging the chairs on the deck. That's all we're doing. So, so rural districts that are declining or not growing mm-hmm. are going to be big losers in this. Our urban districts that are not growing, that are landlocked, that there's not really a room for them to grow, right. they are going to be big losers in this. So maybe some of our suburban districts will grow, but they're not asking for this. But Superintendents did not ask for this. And they asked that question during the debate. Right. Not one education system employee otherwise asked for this change or lobbied that it would be a good thing for schools or kids. Definitely not. And speaking of suburban districts, this doesn't solve the problem of I've got a bunch more kids than last year and I need more resources right now. This doesn't. No. This doesn't. They already got to choose their largest year. Right. So this doesn't change that for them. Right. Um, You know, I I think – this was sold as a way to 
combat the difference in funding for virtual schools. During the pandemic, we know our virtual schools really grew in in population and some of our other schools, a lot of our other schools lost. And we truly think those kids will come back. Yeah. We think parents want the kids in school full time, but they were having a hard time navigating the maybe maybe the AB schedule or whatever. For, yeah. for whatever reason, families chose a lot of different things. Or they didn't want their kids in school they kept full them time because right. of the safety issue. Right. So they went virtual. Right. So, so I think everybody thinks thinks uh, that a big percentage of those kids will come back. Uh, so the the author, the original author of this bill, one of the authors of this bill, I'll say, said this is the only way to do that where they're not getting millions of dollars three years from now. I uh, personally very much disagree that there's a way to write a bill that would do that. Why on earth are we going to up in every single school in Oklahoma mm-hmm. to to solve a problem that, frankly, I think they just don't have the gumption to address. Right. Right. Um, because it doesn't solve that virtual issue. No, it doesn't. No. Cool. Good solution. Um, moving There's on. There's a problem looking for a solution. <laughs> right. So um, moving on to something better. Senate Bill 807. That was some good news Yay. this week. Tell yes. us about that. <clears throat> Eight, Senate Bill 807, uh, Senator Chris Kidd is just the greatest. He authored a bill uh, that, that got through the Senate and then this year, this week, got through a House Common Ed Committee that uh, put support employees in the same uh, boat as certified employees if ever there were something like this to happen again. If schools were to close because of a health-related pandemic or some kind of catastrophe, uh, support employees could continue to get paid too. In many, many districts, uh, they went ahead and paid support employees, but truly they were breaking the law to do it. Mm. Uh, But it was the right thing to do. And then the governor signed an executive order that did make it legal, so no one was in trouble. This uh, makes it legal, you know, moving forward, so there's no question. So those guys don't have to uh, fear their paycheck. Um, You know, I think we all would struggle to just not get paychecks and and worry about day-to-day, week-to-week, how that would look. And so um, this fixes that, and this was one of our our big priorities on our legislative agenda, our legislative committee, big priority, and uh, we're so excited it's moving through the process. And they deserve it. Support staff deserve that stability. Absolutely. They They work harder than... Than I did, I know. <laughs> what uh, this week is deadline week. So what uh, what do lawmakers need to get done? So this is uh, this is the last week to get. Or this week coming up is the last week to get a bill out of its assigned committee, um, except for appropriations, full appropriations. Yeah. So regular standing committees. So education committee, pension committee, you know, rules committee, whatever. We've got some bills up in all of those. Um, this is the last week to get that done. So if your bill is not on that agenda, it, it's not going to get through the regular process. That's not to say they can't uh, finagle their own process. Shenanigans? And, and they do <laughs> from time to time. But, no. But if we assume rules will be followed, this is the last week for that to happen. You know where you can put your rules. <laughs> now, appropriations, that is a, that's an actual rule. So if you see a bill, like in the Senate, they double assign bills a lot. You'll see a bill in common ed that's also assigned to appropriations or a pension bill oh, yeah. also assigned to appropriations. And so uh, I know for the House, the 15th is the deadline for that. I want to say the Senate will be somewhere in that same neighborhood, yeah. but it, it give or take a couple of days. Um, so looking at this week ahead, um, it's dark times. Stark times. Senate Bill 634. Um, what? Explain what that does. 
Senate Bill 634 um, changes the way we do membership in any professional organization only in education. So it is it's specifically targeting our organization. Um, a, a Republican lawmaker this week said, my frustration is this is just an attempt to silence any opposition. That's not democracy. And I could not have said it better. I have actually quoted him on multiple occasions. Mm. Um, that's all it is. They're claiming that the uh, Supreme Court Janus decision requires this. It, that's false. We've got a legal and, opinion and saying was, that. Was that that thought was obliterated when it was debated on the Senate side. For sure. So, so explain. All right. So back up. Okay. Explain Janus. So Jan- you might not know. Janus is a Supreme Court decision that that related to um, states that were not right to work states where you did have to be a me- you didn't have to be a member, but you had to pay fees uh-huh. regardless of whether you chose to be a member or not. Uh-huh. So uh, those states. I could see where a bill like this would come up. Sure. Because I would say your average person that's not paying attention politically might not know that they don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. I get that. We've been a right-to-work state for many, many years. And even before Oklahoma was a right-to-work state, we have never had forced membership in this state. So uh, that that – argument was, uh, we know it was fake. We know it, it you know, mm-hmm. this is a, this is an ALEC bill, uh, nationwide yeah. pushed in lots of different States. This is not a problem Oklahoma has ever had. And we've got senators that were quoting on the, on the Senate floor. This had to be done. I was told I had to, I know a teacher that was told, um, that's frankly not true. Yeah. Um, if that were true, we wouldn't have competing organizations, right? There would be a monopoly that would say you have to be a member of this particular organization. And and all three professional organizations in the state are fighting this bill because it's um, onerous and ridiculous. So explain the process that it, it, it affects payroll deduct and you have to do 75,000 steps between when you sure. want to join. Sure. Currently, you fill out a form. You turn it in, you get your dues deducted, and until you decide and tell your payroll clerk you don't want that anymore, yeah. you're a member. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. No one's going to fight you if you say you don't want to be a member anymore. <laughs> no one questions you. Nobody comes to your house to talk to you about it. <laughs> Nobody makes you. And, and legally, within a certain number of days, if you say you don't want to pay dues anymore, that same payroll clerk has to remove absolutely that I actually mean, so. alicia comes and sits on your lawn yeah until you change your i mind. mean no That's questions asked and you get right. to draw right. right so this bill would change that this would have to be done every year so membership doesn't carry over which is so onerous and so expensive on the district uh tulsa public schools is guessing this would be a seventy thousand dollar price tag at the same time where we've just changed the funding formula right. to take money away from them right um but but so so it's a particular membership form that says you're waiving your First Amendment right because, and in my opinion, I, I was a member for 15 years. Uh, that's insulting to me. I know what I'm signing. I right. can read. I'm an intelligent person. Right. I mean, most of the time. <laughs> Got so, a degree. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> but I know I know what I'm signing. Right. I know what I'm joining. And if right. at any time I decide I don't want to be, I can stop. Right. So this is a, a an insulting form saying, uh, you know, I, I must not know what I'm reading, but I'm waiving <laughs> my rights to be forced to do this. I turn it in. It's not over. Then either a payroll clerk or an administrator has to then email me and say, are you sure you signed this form, but are you sure you know what you were signing? And then I have to do a confirmation email back. 
And so not until they get that confirmation email back, imagine in a district like mine, we had approximately 400 members. Mm -hmm. And so every single year, and you, you know, consider turnover. So this is new people that, right. that don't know the system. Right. I don't know if you know anyone that doesn't return emails. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, uh, imagine the payroll clerk having to keep a tally sheet like they don't of have who's a- turned it in and who hasn't turned it in. And do we follow up and do we have to follow up? And I know every, every district will do that differently, but just the, just the amount of, of man hours and time and effort is asinine. And like, and like our payroll clerks don't have enough going on exactly. at the beginning of the year where they're trying to get everybody freaking paid. For right. Sure. And, and with negotiations with the new pay schedule, right, right. all the new employees and, and all like, of our schools are just overflowing with extra staff. Right. And with budget cuts now that they're looking at, thank you legislature. I just, I, so I don't, I just, ugh, it's just, it's very frustrating and it feels like to me, unnecessary red tape. It's it, like very anti, it's a, it's, it, it's trying to silence our voice. I mean, if we, if they make it hard enough so that people won't follow through the hoops, then, then there won't be anybody standing in the way of privatization and, and all of that. In, in some states, uh, this has been successful at, at truly silencing the professional associations. And in some states, uh, you know, they saw it coming, they, uh, did some magic work and it really increased theirs, but they had to increase their staff. You know, that's, that's the, that's the balance of that. How do you increase your staff if you're anticipating that your, your revenue is going to go down? And I think that our schools are looking at the same thing. No superintendent wants this. Yeah. Uh, no superintendent is asking for this. No, no teacher came forward saying, I was bullied into being a member of any professional organization. This is a nationwide push so that any opposition to these changes that are trying to be made, uh, anti-public ed changes, is going to be quieter. And it is not happening to police departments. It's not happening to firefighters. It's not happening. You know, I mean, it's just education. Public employees. Right. It's not. Plumbers. Right. Like. Pipe fitters. But no. Gosh darn it. These teachers. Yeah. They just must not know. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and that's that's where it gets me. It's the insult of I can't read and understand a form. Right. I need to be told what I'm saying. And that you're being strong armed. Into and doing it, it feels all very sexist. I mean, if you if you the, all of the professions that were listed, yeah. If you uh, statistically look at which one is um, more female, right, than male, uh, this is the one. And you know, I think they're counting on 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 those those uh, folks looking at that form saying, I'm waiving my First Amendment right. Oh, I better go home and sure. talk to my husband. <laughs> you know, I, I truly think that's what they want, yeah. and that's insulting. Yeah. I um, I also feel like that this kind of stuff is just stacked up as a, as a response to Red for Red. It, yes. And I'm afraid that Ivy may have just given them a a, a new idea for a bill that said if you sign, your spouse also has to sign. <laughs> I could possibly explode <laughs> if that were to happen. But it, it just feels like a lot of the, it just feels like a response to the walkout. And not just in Oklahoma, but in many states where the Red Fred movement happened, that there are these kinds of bills that are just very anti Anti-teacher groups. Well, when a Senate leader gets up and and says, yeah, 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 you know, this doesn't necessarily, is not necessarily related to Janice, but 
look <laughs> at what NEA has put out as a policy. Right. And look at this that the union has done um, as the reason that you should pass it. Then, I mean, there it is. You know, I think that's a big difference just from the not to not to get in the political weeds too much, but in the Senate, Julie Daniels was the author and she's not in a leadership role. She's a committee chair, but she's not in a leadership role. But the Senate pro tem came out to to make a speech. Uh, Unlike that, uh, unfortunately, in the House, the number two in the House, the speaker pro tem, Terry O'Donnell, is the House author. And so many, many people see this as a, a vote against their boss if they go Mm. against it. And so that's unfortunate. Um, I've had multiple conversations with committee members. Uh, It's up in the House Rules Committee this week. And um, just yesterday I had one where the legislator said, you know, I normally would vote with leadership on this. I'm I'm listening to you. I'm going to listen to my constituents. And, you know, hopefully we can get around that. Um, You know, that's we wish we hope that that uh, members of this committee members of any committee are listening to their constituents and voting what uh, what their constituency wants them to vote and not what leadership wants them to vote but we have not seen that this year Alicia what do people need to do they they need to call the people on the house rules committee correct i mean that they need to hear from you and um and and it may not be too early to start calling your legislator and just giving them a heads up uh-huh. i mean it's not constitutionally required it's not required from this um the Janus case it is um it it, it, it it's a bill specifically targeting us so that it makes it harder to join, so that those in power can stay in power and not have anybody push back against them when it comes to privatizing and profiting off of public education. Real talk by (laughs) Alicia Priest. Oh, That may get cut on the editing floor. No, nope, we're leaving that in. Well, uh, we will be watching Tuesday to see what happens. Uh, everybody call your call members of the committee, call your senator. Um, just kidding. Representative. Call your representative. Call House your representative. rules means representatives. Yes. Uh, thank you, Ivor, for, for the update, and um, thanks for the work you're doing at the Capitol. Sure. Thanks for having me. Well, now we are joined by Jennifer Seal, who chairs up the OEA Forces on Education Committee. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Thank you. Um, And for for those of you who might not have met Jennifer before, she is a a former AP history teacher and elementary music teacher and two jobs I could not do at all. Um, And now she's uh, running the show at the Putnam City Foundation. So um, we wanted to talk to you, Jennifer, about the Forces on Education Committee, um, it seems an appropriate time right now. Um, tell us what uh, what the committee does, uh, kind of what's your function? Who's on the committee? Yeah, so um, Forces on Ed is a one of the subcommittees that I didn't really understand when I was a first an OEA member as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I was appointed to this role, I learned even more about the work that we're doing. And that is really recognizing who in the world, what in the world is putting force, negative force in, mm-hmm. in this case, on, um, on public education mm-hmm. and 
there's there's no end to the forces that are trying to disrupt uh, the constitutional right of everybody to have a free and uh, public education. So that's that's what we do is we are kind of a watchdog just mm-hmm. to make sure that everybody knows what these forces are, um, who the players are, what they stand for, who's funding them, who's standing behind them so that we know potentially where to shop, where not to shop, who to reach out to um, and able to provide legislators and the community with, um, particularly OEA members, with um, resources so that they can make better decisions and be uh, informed enough to uh, speak to their legislators when things come up. When things come up, I have changed my toilet paper based on the uh, information that comes from this committee. Oh, we're going to have to talk about this later. Well, because I'm not going to support the Koch brothers. Well, okay, right, right, because they give billions to anti-public education initiatives. So that so. So what are examples of forces on ed? I mean, that you've just mentioned individuals. It could be companies. It could be lawmakers. Like, ex- explain that, Jennifer. Like, what what is a force on ed? Um, yeah, I mean, well, Alicia just mentioned the Koch brothers and their organization. Um, I haven't shopped at Walmart. I haven't actually given Walmart money in like three decades almost because um, wow. even though they, I've taken lots of money from Walmart, let me tell you, because they do give out grants to schools and I encourage all of our teachers to apply for them, but, um, but they support a lot of charter and um, reform movement things. Mm-hmm. Um, vouchers, and, privatization. Yeah, actually vouchers and privatization. And um, you know, those are, those are things that we are, that are not going to help the majority of the kids in our schools. And so um, organizations like that and, and several others yeah. <laughs> who are working against, um, working against public ed. Betsy DeVos's foundation. Yeah. Uh, Friedman Foundation, it, lots of anti-union organizations. You know, one of the things I think is interesting is that this is these are um, these these anti-public education forces are always at work. This is not the legislative session. I mean, I think everything's a surprise to me, but like I'm always just like, what? <laughs> but like the, these are these are things that are at play long before. This isn't spontaneous. You know, this isn't just drop from the sky. This is stuff that we see pop up in other states and we see pop up year after year. And like this is a continuous, a continuous strategic dismantling of an attempt to dismantle public ed. Yes, it absolutely. And it's insidious. And that um, what's the most frustrating thing to me, especially in this year's legislative um session is the the fact that I perceive our legislature taking advantage of the chaos that's been created in our public school systems by COVID. And despite the fact that teachers and staff are doing great work in building relationships with kids over electronic forms, um, they're, in my opinion, of course, taking advantage of the situation to pass things um, like the brief formulating of the school funding formula and open transfer bill just i'm not sure the connection really there i don't see personally a direct connection to covid but it's because of maybe they think it's our inability to organize as well as we have been able to in the past because we're dealing with so much coming at us Mm -hmm. actually just trying to do our jobs right that and they know that we are safety conscious so we're not going to be up in droves at the legislature like we normally would um and and you know in my last blog for the education focus the oea focus um Mm -hmm. I, i talked about 
uh, people not letting a tragedy go to go to waste, mm-hmm. like uh, in, in after Katrina when they privatized all of the public education schools in New Orleans. It just makes me so like that today. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes me so sad. That's heartbreaking to me that you would leverage that kind of a that that. Uh, I know what I know what happens. I'm just perpetually surprised <laughs> and sad. <laughs> and it allows for our righteous indignation. Right. Well, I got well, plenty of that. I was going to say is that I, the, the thing that I hope that we can pull out of Forces on Ed is for people to, to not, especially teachers, we don't need to just be sad or disappointed. We yeah. need to actually have the intestinal fortitude to fight these things. Yeah. Um, I, I teachers are, you know, by nature, we, we're people pleasers and we want to please our bosses and not rock boats. Uh-huh. Just give me my kids. And, and let me do, you yeah. know, let me make your lives better. But our jobs are political. I mean, OEA preaches that all the time. Our jobs are political. Advocacy is a part of the work that mm-hmm. we do. And it shouldn't have to be. Public education should not be a partisan issue. Republicans and Democrats alike say in their party platforms yeah. that they support public education. And so by virtue of that fact, then we can all stand behind um and excuse me, stand against these efforts that are coming to pr- try and, and insidiously take away um, the only thing that has preserved democracy in our nation for 250 years. So one of the one of the bills that we were just talking about um, with our one of our legislative uh, team members is about Senate Bill 634, which would make payroll deduct super complex um, is designed to cut membership, um, something like that. Why is uh, it, why does something like that appear? Like, where does it come from? Why? Why? Well, I, you know, what's super, I mean, it's just really frustrating because again, this, we've seen these before, right? These efforts to make it more cumbersome for people to engage in their membership for them to maintain even their membership. Mm-hmm. And, and it absolutely is um, an effort, a concerted national effort to kill unions. Mm-hmm. And our association is, is no different from that. Oklahoma is no different, even mm-hmm. though we are a right to work state. Right. Um, many states are also right to work. I, for whatever reason, these kinds of punishing bills seem to come forward every year or two, even um, in an effort to kill unions, even though it's almost like other major debates that go on in the country. I, I want to say you've won. Like, it's really hard to get, right. you know, health services for women, for instance. Right. And um, so why are we still legislating this? Why are we still fighting about this? Like, it's it's not easy to maintain your membership in the association as it stands because you, we don't have the automatic opportunity to have everybody join. So what this bill will do is only make that more difficult, not only for teachers, but for this, for the districts themselves who have to go back and forth and mess with this paperwork and make sure that they've submitted this certified statement and they're keeping copies of it. I mean, it's so evident that it wasn't written by someone who is an actual educator, right. who's somebody who actually right. cares about what's going on in our schools, um, because we've already got enough to deal with. I mean, honestly, I had a teacher or a principal come on a call with me yesterday um, or earlier this week, and she was like, I'm sorry I'm late. I had to call the police to one of my schools because a kid um, was 
emailed his teacher basically and said, I don't feel safe at home. Well, okay, that throws your whole day. So in the midst of all of that, you want me to try and make sure that every one of my teachers every single year has signed some certified statement authorizing that they want to continue their union membership. Come on. I mean, it's just it's it's offensive. It's offensive. They think that because they've gone to school, then they know how school functions. Yes. And it's offensive. It really is offensive to me. To me, and to me, it also is a statement about power that they that they recognize yeah. the power of educators and support staff together that we will stand up for our kids, and 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 unashamedly fight for our students. Um, and I don't think yeah. that there would be that much of an effort if if it was a group that had no power. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's an excellent spin on it, Carrie, because it, you're absolutely right. They must fear us. Mm-hmm. They must. Fear us, where they wouldn't waste so much time with this kind of legislation. Well, you know, there's nothing scarier than a group of elementary school teachers. They're in their cardigans, and they're going to probably they're probably going to make you sing a song that has hand motions. Like I just (laughs) don't kid yourself. Junior high students love that kind of stuff too. I just came from an elementary school where we gave out a grant to a teacher for some training. And she said, do you all want to join the circle? And so, yeah, absolutely. So I got to learn a few moves for a, yes. a dance that's native to uh, one of our Latin American countries. And yeah, she was super scary. May- really <laughs> Sounds like a terrifying morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. True union bossing <laughs> right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's a goon. She's a goon. <laughs> So why, so why is this important? I mean, this is like, I I mean, it's in a way it's exhausting. I mean, but why, why do we have to continue that? Why is, why is a committee like forces on ed? Why is that vigilance important? Because Alec, well, American legislative exchange (laughs) council. Well, and that, but I'm I'm asking Jennifer, Alicia, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. I jumped on your line, Jennifer. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't going to say that because the reasons that I think that people need to continue to pay attention um, and and support the work of Forces on Ed, pay attention to what we provide, is is no less serious than the continuation of a free and democratic society in our nation. I 100% believe that if you do not have a free public education provided to every student in our nation, then your nation will no longer be a free nation. And that is why we have to continue to be vigilant because people are attacking public ed every single day from several Mm -hmm. sides. Mm -hmm. They are afraid of what we're doing, giving knowledge to children, giving them critical thinking skills, giving them the ability to recognize that some of the things that they say and do are wrong. Sorry. It's okay. So that is why I think people need to continue focusing on um, forces on ed and the the issues that are brought forth um, from that committee. Well, we appreciate your work and we appreciate you taking time out to to visit with us this morning about about these issues. Absolutely. Thank you for chairing forces on ed. Yeah. Oh, it's it's been a lot of interesting moments. Let me tell you that I, I just apoplectic for sure. <laughs> I'll have to look that word up later. <laughs> it's incredibly enraged. Incredibly <laughs> enraged. It's like the most rage you could feel. Then yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. You're so welcome. Thank you all so much. And welcome to Alicia's morning announcements. Do 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 do. 
All right. This is the last the last time for entries into the Landers Auto Group, OU Athletics, and OEA Oklahoma Classroom contest. You can nominate your favorite pre-K through fifth grade teacher for a prize basket and one thousand dollars. And you know that second and third place gets two fifty. No, I did not know that. Yeah, like cash for everyone. I should read my emails more often. Focus. And more focus, priest. Diligently, all the way to the very <laughs> it's end. It's like, I mean. I, I mean, what an amazing thing. I know. I, you know, just thank you to Landers Auto Group and OU Athletics for this partnership. Yes. Uh, you know, with, with everything going on, our teachers are heroes. Mm-hmm. Our support professionals are heroes. We need some wins right we, now. Yeah. Everybody needs some encouragement right so now. So if you've got a pre-K through fifth grade teacher who is your classroom hero, mm-hmm. go to Oklahoma no, it's okay. okay. There you go. Abbreviated. Okay. Okclassroomheroes.com okay, and nominate your favorite teacher, pre-K through five, because we don't want to get into breaking rules for recruitment and, and it, such. Yes. Yeah. Um, then make sure that you are listening for a phone call mm-hmm. on Saturday. From who? From me. <laughs> From the OEA. It'll come from the OEA office, uh, 405-528-7785 number. But um, we are doing targeted uh, calls to members in the areas where um, there is a, you know, Senate Bill 634. We just heard a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing targeted calls to the people on the Rules Committee who will be voting on that this week. So if you live in those those districts, then you'll get a call and it'll say stay on the line i'll tell you a little bit about the bill and then um and then stay on the line and push the button so that you can leave a message for your for your legislator who's mm-hmm. on that rules committee yep. uh asking them to vote no so it should be super easy uh we recorded it earlier and we we need those folks to stand up for their constituents yes. and and not just be pressured by um political yes you know shenanigans it's about real life right you know what i mean like yeah yeah leave them a voicemail a polite one a polite one always be polite yes always don't accuse them of hating teachers or (laughs) hate i mean you know yeah it is it is play the game yeah be nice yeah and tell them to please vote no yes all right and vote On Tuesday, April 6th. Yes. We've got the special election for Senate District 22. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we need... We need people who are going to listen to their constituents. Mm -hmm. I live in Senate District 22. Mm -hmm. I have responded to multiple texts from one of the candidates. Mm -hmm. I, who in fact said um, in in a text, uh, we need to not have education beholden to the uh, liberal union bosses. Oh, my word. And I'm like, oh, awkward. Okay. Can I just say, right now, <laughs> can I just say right now, you can't see, but the union boss that I'm talking to, <laughs> is, um, her stripy shirt matches her stripy notebook, and she's wearing a purple cardigan. So it's really, I mean, it, when I think of union bosses, I think of <laughs> Alicia strong-arming people, or just actually being very polite and saying, hey, we should do things for kids. <laughs> like... I just like you're like like me yeah yeah like that's I'm the I'm the union boss I mean I have high expectations of myself and others is that 
Is that the strong Unreasonable. <laughs> Terrible. I, I want children to have the best education. I um, It's too demanding. Yeah. <laughs> I buy things for kids in my class that need them because they're not eating or their shoes have rotted off their feet. Mm -hmm. I mean, those kinds of things. Lies. So so moving on, uh, we digress there for just a moment, but um, there are other elections besides that Senate District 22 spot. Although you can go to our OEA Facebook page and watch um, voices uh, quick. It's like... Less than 22 minutes. It's about 11 minutes of candidates. um, And by candidates, I mean one candidate because the other candidate didn't bother to contact us back after multiple calls or show up. Um, And so, so, you know, vote for somebody who's going to represent you and listen to your point of view and have a conversation with you. And and in addition to Senate District 22... There it, are school board races. Hun, I mean, hundreds. Yes. It is, it's, the, it's the biggie. Yeah, we've got two in Yukon. There's Oklahoma City. Yep. I mean, yep. uh, Norman. Uh, Norman's got big elections coming up. Um, there, I mean, it is almost every, almost every county has got one. If you go to okea.org, you, there's a blog that lists all of the elections by county. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of school board races Plus, 17 districts have bonds. So, I mean, it's a big one for, yeah. for public education. And I just think, like, if if you're going to – if you are going to vote, like, it's so important to vote for your school board race. It directly affects your job. job. I mean, and in the very, like, closest way. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, even more than a legislative district or whatever else, you know, it's just – it directly affects your job. And you, as education employees – know the issues better than anybody. You're the most informed voters. You know what I mean? So, And a lot of our associations have done comparisons where they've, you know, the local oh, yeah, has yeah. sent out and said, hey, Ask you know, uh, what do you feel about A, B, and C? And uh-huh. then they print those side-by-side responses. Yeah. You know, get to know your candidate. Yep. Don't just vote for Johnny because he's your friend. Because <laughs> he may be running for school board because the coach didn't play his son. Right. Or the superintendent didn't make the decision about going back to school the week yeah. before or whatever. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about having a passion for doing what's right for kids yep. every single day. Yep. And these are unpaid positions that matter deeply. So remember to freaking vote. Vote on April 6th. I'll be there. Or before. I'll if, be voting. Yes. Yes. Early voting is fine too. I'm, but I, make sure that you vote. Yes. I, well, I like to go on the day because I like to take my kids, which they think like is basically dumb because they're like, you know that we don't have to be here for this. I'm like, you watch democracy. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I used to take Kenna all the time <laughs> and it does kind of create a monster because now when we get like the, the mailers and stuff, uh-huh. she'll go on their websites and she'll research them. Oh good. And I'm like, you know, I've had to pull her out of the rabbit hole with, <laughs> with this Senate district 22 because Come back. One, of, one of the candidates, I mean, there's there some a rabbit conspiracy hole to go oh, good. theory stuff oh, good. going on. Oh, good. Yeah. So. It's also it's also uh, municipal elections. Yes. City city count tons of city council, lots of mayors. So these are the I mean, and in some communities, real talk, total votes will be like fifty. Yeah. I mean, so your vote is going to be significant. So every vote counts, and you should count your voice every opportunity. She speaks the truth. She's some days I'm on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we want to say thank you to Ivy Riggs of our legislative team and thank you to Jennifer Seal, who heads up our Forces on Education Committee for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education because we're worth it and there's a lot to fight for.